This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. And uh, we began this series of several weeks ago. We're calling it A New Way for a New Day. And if you look in chapter 13, Jesus begins in, in verse 1, and, he talk, and he's talking about the, the Passover celebration. So this is, this is actually the, I mean, this is the, the night before Jesus or the day before Jesus goes to the cross. And so the next day, he's going to be, he's going to be paying the price for the sins of, of all people. And, and so they're at the Passover, which was a celebration that was instituted, you know, a thousand or so years before this, the very first one. And the very first one, the very first Passover, signaled a brand new day for the children of Israel. They had been slaves for 400 years, and God instituted this Passover don't want to go into the details. You have to go back and listen to the other messages. But he instituted this Passover, and it was to be a day of remembrance for the children of Israel when God delivered them and brought them out and brought them into a new day. And so they came out of 400 years of slavery, and all of a sudden they're free people. And, uh, and so God brought them out as a brand new day. He took them into a brand new land, right? I mean, and, and so with that, they, he had to... He had to Uh, renew their mind with brand new waves in order to operate in this brand new land in this brand new day. And so when Jesus, when Jesus, he sat down with his disciples on this, this pass, this particular Passover. And, and of course he knows that tomorrow I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to die for the sins of the whole world. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be lifted up from the earth. And he knew that they, he's been trying to hint to them that it's coming. They don't get it. But he's talking to him about it. So he knows what's coming. And, and this whole Passover meal was to signal a brand new day for anyone who would call themselves a follower of Jesus or a follower of the way. And so this just signaled a brand new day. And so in chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16 particularly, Jesus begins to highlight a new way of living, and he gives instructions on several different uh, aspects of life and how we're to live our life if we're to be a follower of Jesus. And he's really given us an outline that this is how you live a successful Christian life. This is how you live successfully in the world, even though you're not of the world. And so he, he begins to detail that for us and highlight. And so we're going through these. And so we, we began in week one, and we talked about the fact that the very first thing that Jesus did, he said, uh, you'll have to become a servant. He said, in, in the world and what you've seen modeled before you, those who are in authority, they lord it over those who are under them, but it's not going to be so among you. Whoever's going to be the greatest among you must become servant to all. And so he demonstrated that by washing the disciples' feet, and he said, now that you've seen these things, you do it as well. And so we're called to be servants. As a matter of fact, you're not really following Jesus if you're not serving. So I don't like that. Well, I don't care if you like it or not. That's the Bible, right? I mean, Jesus, if you're going to follow me, follow my example. The servant's not above his master, right? And so he said, you, 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 have, to be, you have to serve, and it's not just about having to serve. When we, when we get born again, there's something on the inside of us that desires to follow the master. Yeah. 
the desires to follow, the, follow Jesus. And so it's not about having to do, it's getting to do. That's why, you know, I don't like when we talk about our, uh, I don't like talking really about volunteering and volunteer positions or, you know, it's my day to work on the greeters team or it's my day to work back with the children. I, I don't like to call it work. I don't like to call it volunteering. I like to call it serving. Amen. This, this is the day I get to serve, right? And it's just, it's just a whole different mindset. And so we talked about this, that, that Jesus came. He said, you know, in, the, in order to operate in this, this new day, you've got to have a new attitude. And that attitude is the attitude of a servant. And so notice this in John the 13th chapter, and we began talking about this last week. In, in John the 13th chapter, Jesus moves on. He begins to talk to him about some, some other things. And he said in verse 33, he said, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. Now, we might as well just stop right there because the disciples, and particularly Peter, didn't hear anything else Jesus said. He didn't hear anything because Jesus gave some of the most profound instructions following this little statement. He said, he said I'm going to just be with you a little while longer, and you can't come where I'm going. I mean, I'm about to tell you something that's the most important thing that I've ever said to you, and it went right over Peter's head. He never heard it. But, I mean, all you got to do is skip down a couple of verses in verse 36, and, and, and after these important instructions that Jesus gave, Peter said, where are you going? <laughs> I mean, Jesus just gave him some of the most. I mean, he ought to have been asking about what Jesus said. Wait, wait a minute. Where are you going? He didn't even hear what Jesus said. Where are you going? And Jesus said, well, you can't go with me, but you're going to follow me later. But why can't I come now? I, I want to come right now. He never heard it. So what is it that, what, 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 what was it that Jesus was really trying to say to the disciples that day? So notice this. He said, uh, he said you can't come with me where I'm going. And then in verse 34, he says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Now they needed a new commandment. It's about as much as they needed another well, whatever. They didn't need a new commandment. I mean, and they're thinking, what do you mean? And maybe that's why they heard it or, or didn't hear it. Maybe that's why it just went over their head because Jesus is talking to them about another commandment. They already had 600 plus. They had the big 10, which is kind of the table of contents of all the commandments. And then all the other 590 that were added to that, and they're going, a new commandment, we can't even keep up with the ones we already have. And Jesus is talking about a new commandment. He said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. Give you a new, so, so they, didn't really knew, they didn't really need a new commandment. He said, so I'm going to give you a new commandment. What was this new commandment? Love each other. Love each other. Now, now, let me just, and you ought to write this down in your notes somewhere, if, unless you have blanks to put it in there, but Jesus was not commanding them to feel something. He was commanding them to do something. 
This is very important. Jesus was not commanding the disciples to feel something. He was commanding them to do something. You know, I was thinking, as, as I was kind of studying for this this past week, and, and uh, I'm, I'm a fixer. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, most men are fixers. And that's why I'm not a real good counselor. <laughs> now, Tammy, Tammy's very, she, she shows a lot of empathy and man, she'll listen and, and she'll talk it through. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I, I, you know. I'm just, 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 you know, think, and it starts, I start to imagine Jesus as a marriage counselor. And, and, you know, I think what he would say, if he had a couple come in for marriage counseling, he would probably just say, just quit fighting, go home and love each other. Real easy. Just, I mean, just, just do it. You don't have to feel it. Just do it. <laughs> and I can't think that's the kind of the way I, I would, I would answer which is probably the right way. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway. <laughs> so he said, he said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. A new commandment. And what is it? Love each other. Love each other. Now, this wasn't really all that new. But Jesus wasn't really through. As we saw last week, Jesus... He took 600 commandments, and he boiled them down to two, right? What were they? Y'all remember? Or do we need to preach that one again? What? Love, love, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love who else? Your neighbor. And who did we find out that your neighbor included? Your neighbor included people who are not like you. See, the, the, the Jews, they, they, they thought neighbor is just fellow Jews. But Jesus expanded that. He said, no, it's not, just, it's not just people who are like you. It's people who are nothing like you. That's your neighbor. And you're to love your neighbor, right, as yourself. And so, but Jesus wasn't through, and so he, he moves on, and, and this, this other commandment, this new commandment, changed the world. Loving each other as you love yourself did not change the world. Are you listening? The old commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, did not change the world. But this new commandment did change the world, and it will change the world again. If we move it to the top of our list, if we, if we bring it to the forefront of our consciousness, it'll change the world again. This new commandment. So, so what was this new commandment? He says, uh, he said, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, that you should love one another. And then he goes on to say this, that you love one another 
as I have loved you. Now, that's different than loving each other and loving your neighbor as yourself. Because what if you don't love yourself? Some people don't love themselves. And so if you're to love one another or love your neighbor as yourself and you don't love yourself, or what I mean, your neighbor's coming up on the short end there, right? So I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. You should love each other. Now, when I think about that, when I think about uh, as I have loved you, that phrase, when Jesus says, as I have loved you, what do you think about when you hear that? Well, I, I tell you what I think about, and you probably think about it too. When I, when I hear the phrase, as I've loved you, I think about the cross. That's not what they were thinking about. Of course, Jesus hadn't even been to the cross yet. So they're not thinking about the cross when Jesus says, love each other as I have loved you. They're not thinking, oh, the cross. He laid down his life for me on the cross. They're not thinking that. They're thinking over the previous three years. Right? I mean, he might have even pointed to Matthew and say, Matthew, you remember how despised you were? Because Matthew was a tax collector. Do you remember how despised you were by society? What an embarrassment you were to your family? And yet I asked you to follow me? As I have loved you, love others like that. People who are outcasts, people who are despised, people who are out of sorts with him. He said, love people like that. Or maybe he, he, he turned to Nathaniel and said, Nathaniel, you remember when Phil, Philip said, came to you and said, hey, we, we, we found the Messiah. What would you say, Nathaniel? Remind me, what did you say? Uh, here, let me remind you what you said, Nathaniel. You spoke up real quick. You said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel, you diss me, you diss my family, all my friends, my hometown, and what did I do? I asked you to follow me anyway. As I've loved you, what? Love each other. Love people like that. And then maybe he turned to the whole bunch, the whole 12, and said, hey, Y'all remember just a few weeks ago when I preached that message about eating my flesh and drinking my blood? And we lost about half of the people who were following. And y'all were even considering <laughs> departing from me. Y'all remember that? You remember, uh, how'd you know we were thinking about it? <laughs> but I let you to continue with me anyway as I've loved you. Love each other. That's what they were thinking. And then if all that fell, he may have just spoke up and, and, and guys, you had not seen anything yet. I'm about to show you the full extent of my love. As a matter of fact, it says this in John, the 13th chapter in verse, uh, in verse 1. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And the margin of my Bible says, and now he was about to show them the full extent of his love. He had loved them while he was with them. And now he's about to show them the full extent of his love. 
So Jesus was the hinge between Old and New Testaments. When he came in and he, he brought, the, he, he was the hinge. He was going to fulfill the law and then he was going, he, he was going to initiate a brand new covenant established on brand new promises with a brand new movement, with a brand new ethic. Jesus was the hinge between the old and the new. He was going to satisfy the law of Moses. He was going to satisfy the demands of all the prophets. I mean, I mean, he, he didn't come to add to. He came to, to render the law and the demands of the prophets completely obsolete. He came with something new. And so he took, he took 610 commandments, boiled it down to two, and then cut it in half to one. Everybody say one. one. People have this idea that God is so unreasonable and he, he's, he, he, he's so hard and he's so complex and he's so difficult to understand and he's really not. I mean, he could be. After all, he's keeping things kind of lined up, right? And then he boils it down to one thing. And what is that one thing? A new commandment I'm giving to you. What is that commandment? That you would love each other. As I've loved you, that you would also love each other. In the same way that I loved you, that you would love each other. Now, I believe that if we're going, if, if we profess to be followers of Jesus, if, if, we, if we profess to be Christians, and I'm not just talking about cultural Christians, I'm talking about real, bona fide, washed in the blood, new nature, filled with the Holy Spirit Christians. I'm not talking about job application Christian. I'm not talking running for political office Christian. I'm talking about real Christian, real follower of Jesus, real follower of Jesus. I think we just got to take this, that we have to take his words seriously. And if we take his words seriously, we will take his words literally. And he said, I'm giving you one commandment, one thing to do. What is that one thing, Jesus? I want you to love each other. As I've loved you. Amen. Amen. So, as we, we looked last week, you know, under the old covenant, they, they proved their love for God by keeping his commandments, which they couldn't keep. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Under this new covenant, our love for God is better demonstrated by how we love one another. John said over in 1 John, he said, how can, you, how can you say that you love God that you can't see? You, you say you love this invisible God, you, you can't even see him. And you're all the time clamoring, wanting to feel him and sense him. And how can you say that you love this God that you can't see when you, when you hate and that word hate is not like, oh, I hate your guts. It's not that. It's despise, treat lightly. Despise or, or hate your brother that you can see. 
And so we talked about this, that our, our love for God is best demonstrated. Not by how, I'm not, don't, don't, I'm not, I'm not belittling this, but there's, there's a lot of talk about let's get closer to God and let's go deeper with God. And that's all good and fine. I think we ought to get closer and I think we ought to get deeper. But a lot of times we do that without doing the first commandment and that's loving each other. And he said, this is how you really demonstrate your love for me when you love each other. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't get close to God, but I'm saying you can, you remember what we talked about? You, you can get it all right with God and everything between you and God all right and ignore your neighbor in the grocery store. So the old covenant included laws for the nation to live by. And under Jesus' new covenant, he gives us one law. One command that we are to live by, right? And so this is not, an, this is not just a, a, an additional command to an existing list. This one command rendered the rest of the commands obsolete. Do you realize this? Do you know this? That God is not requiring you to go back under the law and live out all those commands. Not even the Big Ten. Are you saying we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments? I sure am. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. But if you do the one, you're not going to kill anybody. You're not going to steal from anybody. You're not going to covet anybody's wife, right? If you do the one. If you do the one. So just as circumcision was the distinguishing mark, the circumcision was the distinguishing mark for a man who, uh, who was included in the old covenant, that this, this brand new kind of love, this new brand of love was the distinguishing mark for anyone who chose to participate in God's new covenant. Circumcision, I mean, it, that, was, that was the identifying mark that you were a person under the old covenant, that you were in covenant with God. This new kind of, this new brand of love was the identifying mark that you were part of God's new covenant. Amen. Not something outwardly, but something inwardly. And so this new brand of love would be the, it was to be the unifying ethic for all who would call Jesus Lord. I mean, this is, this, is, this is the thing that we are to be known by. Y'all listening this morning? So Jesus went on to say this in the 35th verse. He said, by this, by what? By you and I loving each other as he loved us. By this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is, this one thing is the, it, it is so specific. It is the one specific thing that points to the fact that we belong to him and we're his followers. Now, I'm about to give you, I'm, 
I, I was going to say I was going to give you some love handles to you, but that... <laughs> I started thinking about how that could be interpreted, and then I just said, well, we won't go there. All right, now that we're there, everybody's there in their mind. All right, okay. So. so he said, by this, by this. I think in English they call this a demonstrative pronoun. By this, by this one thing, not by your miracles, not by your doctrine. Are you listening? By this. Will everybody know? This is the identifier. I mean, other things can be faked. Other things could be stretched. But not this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, my followers, if you love one another. Amen. So our devotion to God would not just be demonstrated by finding ways to get closer to God, but it would be demonstrated by finding ways how to love other people. Everybody doing okay? Y'all, this is what I got. These are the words of Jesus. These are some of the last things that he said to his would-be followers that were about to turn the world right side up. These are some of the last things that he said that took this gospel, that took this one man, this one pivotal person who was on planet Earth, who everyone considered was a cult leader, and that toppled the Roman Empire. And the religious structure of the day, this, and it was, it was the love that did it. It was love that did it. I mean, toppled the Roman Empire. These are his words. This is what's going to win the day. This is what, this is what will straighten society out. Not, not politics. Real, bona fide Christianity. So Jesus' love for the men in the room, because I want you to notice he says, I mean, he could have he played the God card here. He said, I'm God. I was with God in the beginning. If you don't believe me, go back and read chapter 1. They couldn't. There wasn't a chapter 1 back then. He said, but you know, I, I was God. I was with God. He said, just go back and read it. That's who I was. I, I mean, I was in it, with him. In the, he could have played the God card and said, now I command you to love because I'm God. But he did not leverage his equality with God. He leveraged his example. And that's what he does in your life. He's, God's not just, he's not beating you with a rod and, and beating you with a stick and whipping you with a whip and commanding you to fall in line. He leverages his love, his example with you, and that's how he inspires you. Because he doesn't want you to just do something. He wants you to want to do something. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 
He wants you to want to. So he leverages his example. I mean, he, uh, he could have played that. Don't y'all know he could have played the God card? That's not what he did. He said, as I have loved you. He didn't, he didn't leverage his kingship. He said, as I have loved you. You've seen how I love you? Now love each other just like that. Amen. Trying to figure out how to transition to this last scripture here, okay? So we're going to talk about this some next week, I think, unless the Holy Spirit just leads us differently. We're going to talk about Paul and the new command. Because Paul really, he he begins to really flesh out what what is what it's supposed to look like in the everyday life of the believer, how we are to love each other, what that looks like. Amen. So this, this is not something we were commanded to do. This is something that not that we were just commanded to do this, or we were told just to, you got to feel good about it. He said, just do this, just do it, just do it. So in Philippians chapter two, Philippians chapter two, in verse Verse 5, I'm going to read from the NIV. He says this, in your relationships with one another. Anybody in here got relationships? Got a husband or wife? Children? Employers, employees? Next door neighbors? In-laws, outlaws? Right? We, We got relationships, right? So he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. So I want you to notice what he said, in your relationships with one another. Now, if you go back and you read prior to this, man, he's talking about loving each other. But notice this, in your relationships with each other. And so, and this is what I want to leave you with, because Jesus gave us a commandment, we're to love each other. As I've loved you, that you're to love each other. By this, we'll all know that you're my disciples if you have love toward each other. Man, he just keeps emphasizing it. And what Peter do? What did Peter say after he gave these instructions? Where are you going? <laughs> I want to go. And Jesus had to explain for about two chapters where he was going and what he was going to be doing. And, and it's going to be okay. And then he had picked right back up with love again. He had to get it in him. So in every relational situation. Ask this. You, you know what to ask yourself? In every relation, relational situation, ask this. What does love require of me in this situation? What if we practice this verse this week? Or not this verse, this, I, this, this question. What if we, what if we, uh, we just asked ourselves, what does love require of me in this situation? Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. Love is not... Love is not this uh, weak. It's love is kind, but love is also truthful. 
right? It's not, it's not wishy-washy. It's not mushy. It's, I mean, love can be very strong sometimes. You, you ask yourself, what would love require of me in this situation? I mean, in, in your relationship with your, your spouse, what does love require of me in this situation? I'm not talking about feelings, y'all. What does love require of me? And then do this. Do it. Whether you feel like it or not. With your children. With your parents. Hey, you know, teenagers, I know sometimes parents drive you up the wall. What does love require of you? Well, do that, right? I know that sometimes your employer drives you bananas. What does love require of you? Do that. I don't feel like doing that. Doesn't have anything to do with your feelings. Has nothing to do with your feelings. What about your neighbor, your next door person who lives next to you? What does love require of you? Do that. Okay? Can, can we start there? I mean, I mean, even if you're not doing anything, you're, even if you're not taking any action, you're asking the question, which is action, and it's going to bring this to the forefront of your consciousness. What does love require of you? Because that's all. The, the, the Bible says we're to live by this, this, this new law. Yeah. So we can bring it to the forefront of our consciousness, just ask, what does love require of me in this situation? Or if you, want to, if you don't want to say require, if you don't want to use that, that, that terminology, just ask it like this. What would love do? What would love do? Which is the same as asking, what would God do? Because he is, what would love do in this situation? What would love do? I mean, even if you only get that far, just asking that question and getting it to the forefront of your conscience, thinking about it. Because if you're not thinking about this, you're not going to accidentally do this because your flesh automatically goes a different direction. Our flesh is automatically selfish. Our, our flesh is automatically self-indulgent. Our flesh is automatically thinking about me first. And so if you don't get this on purpose, get it in the forefront of your thinking, you're going to just... You're gonna just you're going to just go with the flow with your flesh, right? And, and somebody's going to do something to you. I, I, you think about this. Y'all know what the golden rule is, don't you? What's the golden rule? Do unto others, you have them do unto you. That is so old covenant. That is so old covenant. <laughs> do unto others, you have them do unto you. That's not the new command. The new command is do unto others as he already did. For you, as he did for you, not as you would like for them to do for you, as he already did for you. That's new covenant. I guess the platinum rule. That, that gold, that golden rule's gone, man. We, 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 got the, we got the platinum rule. And Jesus made it really personal. He said, Hey, this this is me. I, you, you don't have to, you don't have to. You don't have to decipher through a whole bunch of stuff. How did I treat you? How did I love you? Now love each other like that. Ask 
the question. What, what's the question we're going to ask? What would love do or what would love require in this situation? Amen. And if we can just do that, if we can take that step and just get thinking about this, next week's going to make a whole bunch of sense. Amen. We're going to have something to, to latch on to and, and we can grasp. And then it won't be, if we, if we, look y'all, if, I mean, I've seen this in my heart that if we would do this, I'm just, just the difference it would make in our families, the difference that it would make in our church. And if we would just do this, and if this is all we ever did, it would be so attractional. This is, people, this is what people yearn for. This is what people long for. Amen. Let's give it to them. But you can't give it. You don't have it. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We worship you. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I ask that you would remind us of these things. And even though we don't know what it looks like in its totality, that we would just, we would ask ourselves all throughout the day, what would love do? When somebody treats us wrong, what does love, what would love do? Somebody uses us, what, what would love do? Someone speaks about us, what, what would love do? Our spouse looks at us funny, what would love do? What would love do in this situation? Father, I'm so thankful that before time began, you looked to this present moment. And you saw the brokenness, you saw the hurt, you saw the pain, you saw the emptiness. And you asked yourself, what would love do? And you sent Jesus. You sent Jesus not just to forgive us of our sins, but you sent him to Heal the brokenhearted. <clears throat> to bring, bring peace where there was chaos. To bring soundness where there was confusion. And so, Father, right now, I thank you that there, for, there, there's people in here, Lord, they just, they need your touch today. They need to be touched by your love. And so I thank you that you're just drawing them to yourself right now. With every head bowing, every eye closed, if you're in here today and you say, Pastor Chuck, I, I, I need the Lord. I, I need something in my life. I'm, I'm empty. I'm broken. I'm hurting. I feel lost. I have no sense of purpose. I need something in my life. Please pray for me. I'm going to. I'm going to pray for you. This is how we're going to do it, though. You see, your answer is in Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the source of, of real, meaningful life. And so I'm going to pray for you. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just right there in your chair. 
with an uplifted hand. I'm going to count to three. And that's you say, please pray for me. I, I need Jesus in my life. Please pray for me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to count to three. You just raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise them right now. Thank you. I see your hand. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Good job. All right, let's all pray this prayer together. Just pray it out loud from your heart. As sincerely as you know how, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Today I receive Jesus. Jesus, I ask that you change me. I ask that you would touch me. That you would heal me. That you would fill me. And that you would thrill me. Reveal yourself to me and change me forever. I believe that you'll do it. Amen. The church, let's give these a, a real big hand, all right?